Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Hello, welcome to episode 664 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we chat with poet Daniel Kay. We'll be hearing from Tristan Pate and Craig Brown all about Sam and Zoe versus Evermore, which is on at the arena on the 1st of April. We'll be talking all about the Marsh Lane plant sale when Anthony Hall joins us. L.A. Edwards lets us know about the latest goings on with Halo Hattie and the brilliant publication that is out there now. Josh Bell talks about his progress in towards some bodybuilding physique work over the summer and how you can work with him as a PT too. And also, we'll be hearing from Georgia Lennon. She is playing Marie Osmond in the Osmonds at the Grand Theatre this week. Well, worth finding out more about that show and getting yourself along to the theatre for that one. That's all coming up on the show this week. Sam and Zoe versus Evermore is at the Arena Theatre on the 1st of April. So that's all. I'm joined now by Tristan Pate and Craig Brown. Hello to you both. Hello. Hey. Right, so first of all, Tristan, you get the job of telling us exactly what's going on here. <laughs> I'd be delighted to. Um, so good to see you again. I uh, have written, co-written and directed a new show called Sam and Zoe versus Evermore. And it's been a really long road developing this show, but a fun one. Um, so the play is inspired by the world of Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy role play. And it's been developed with different groups of young people over nearly four years now. Um, but the significant thing to say is it's an interactive game theatre piece. That's it. it already sounds exciting. I, I like the idea. <laughs> Last time we saw you in the city, you were doing some acting stuff. So to come and do this side of things, a bit different. That's right. I'm firmly on the other side of the stage now and very happy uh, to be there. But um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be running Chobel Theatre Company for a number of years now. We make work with and for young people and this show is, is no different. So it's been developed with groups of young people, uh, exploring different approaches to give audiences agency and building a sense of community, but also developing the idea of this quest, a D&D style quest, which our heroes Sam and Zoe are going on. Uh, and then running parallel to that, which perhaps Craig will talk a bit more about, there's this lovely story between the two characters themselves. Uh, Zoe has decided that Sam's been a bit down recently, so she's designed this quest to try and bring him out of himself and make him feel better. And we sort of find out through the course of the show whether that was perhaps the right thing to do or not. Okay, so Craig, again, no spoilers, but tell us more about, uh, about Sam. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Sam is someone that really enjoys D Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, fantasy games and films and books. Um, and he's in a relationship with Zoe. Um, and he's he's been struggling a lot with, uh, you know, his mental health recently and not been opening up about it. So this is a quest that Zoe has created in order to try and get Sam to kind of communicate more and, you know, and also have fun. You can't fail to have fun with Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to these sort of role play things, obviously Stranger Things has put it back on the map, hasn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I think it's in popular culture a lot more recently. I mean, it's been around for a long time. I think maybe the 60s or 70s Dungeons and Dragons started. So I yeah. could have done this when he was little as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been a bit, a bit of a new world for me because I uh, sort of discovered this through friends and through some of the young people we're working with who are very into that world. But my co-writers, Jess and Craig, who are also the actors in the piece, are definitely more uh, proficient gamers than I am. And I think the key thing is we all kind of get the idea of Dungeons and Dragons and what the ethos is and how it works. It's all about collaborative storytelling and going on a journey together which is so compatible with theatre but you don't need to have any knowledge of D&D &D itself to enjoy the show you just need to have an interest in kind of fantasy worlds Lord of the Rings, Orcs and Goblins, any of that stuff it's it's entry level you'll have a great time with us. Yeah. And how does the interaction with the audience work? It's from the get-go. The minute you walk in into the auditorium, you're already engaging with the actors, with, you know, the crew. Um, so it's it's all the way through. And we kind of want the audience to feel like they are part of it all the way through. And so some of the shows that we've already been doing, we have people kind of, you know, shouting out at parts where we didn't expect and we love it. And it, it's nice for everyone to feel that included. But we've obviously, we've also got uh, the games that the audience play with us. And so they're the kind of big interactive parts that gets everyone kind of excited and up and yeah. 
Craig and Jess are also amazing improvisers. So while it's a tightly scripted piece, there's a lot of room for improvisation and looseness around it. And they're just brilliant at incorporating all of the audience's contributions. Um, I think the number one thing to say, though, for anyone who has not been to a game theatre show before, who are sort of not a bit worried about how they might be asked to engage with it, is it's incredibly inclusive and welcoming and gentle. And no one's going to be singled out and no one's going to be made to do anything they don't want to do. Uh, and that's something we set up right from the start. Any way you want to contribute to this quest will be helpful and lovely and celebrated. Yeah. Uh, whether that's coming down on stage and playing a role, or that's throwing some plastic balls at a puppet, or that's just cheering along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can just watch. That's the thing. But yes, yeah, yeah. Interact, interact. Yeah, and we, I think, largely we pick up on who doesn't want to kind of get involved as well. So you know, we will know. We we can sense, but you also have kind of ways to tell us if you don't want to get involved, and that's completely fine. And we move on. And I, I you know, nobody's ever put on the spot. The event itself takes place, as we say, at the Arena Theatre, arena.wlv.ac.uk to get your tickets. Or 01902321321. Those are the ticket points. But you've also got a presence on socials too. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been doing a lot of really great stuff over the last few weeks. We've had a sort of Instagram Sam and Zoe takeover for the last month, uh, which means every day from about five o'clock, we're sharing exclusive content. Sometimes that's exciting photos, sometimes that's interviews. So there's a really nice kind of backlog of interviews with some of the creatives in the show and the mental health leads who've helped us develop the show. Uh, but I guess the other thing is, even if you're not in Wolverhampton, this show is being live streamed. Our friends at uh, the Arena Theatre are live streaming the show for us in very high quality so you can access an online live stream and the tickets can be booked via that link too but also it's being audio described and bsl interpreted so for anybody who has those access requirements that's a great show for you to come and engage with as well the theater would be really brilliant about access neil and the gang down there are absolutely fantastic and they know how to bring a show to the stage they, they produce enough of their own work so when you bring something like your stuff to them it's going to be amazing yeah they're lovely great people to work with what time is it all on stage? 7.30, I believe, isn't it, Craig? Uh, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, you can be there. That's, that's what I was planning to turn up for. 7.30, 1st <laughs> of April, arena.wlv.ac.uk or 01902-321-321. Get your tickets, get involved, have an amazing time. And this is it's accessible to all. What's your core age group? Well, we've said 12 plus. Um, we've also taken this, as I say, with groups of young people. So we devised it with 11 to 25 year olds. And we've also taken it into some schools as well in this round. Um, but we say 12 plus, not because there's any sort of troubling or worrying language or themes, but just it feels like that's about the age that it's aimed at. Um, but I think also a great one to come along with families as well. You'll you'll have a lovely time. And lots of families where our company's based in Banbury are joining us for our Banbury show. So I think it's going to be a really nice experience, a nice evening out for mums and kids and dads and grandparents too, even. And and, and uncles, hopefully, because I sound like it sounds like good fun to me as well. So we'll have to see what we can do, see if I can get down there for that one. First of April at the arena. Make sure you enjoy it. Craig and Tristan, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. The Halo Hattie story is going from strength to strength, created by L.A. Edwards, who I was lucky enough to meet when I was over at the Festive Gift Fair last year, with a fantastic Christmas behind her and a wonderful 2022 inspiring kids to read. She joins me now. Hello. Hello, Jason. How's it going? It's going really well, thank you, really well. An amazing positive response to an absolutely brilliant book, some awesome characters, and a chance to get kids into reading. I mean, this is just you know, ticking boxes all around, isn't it? It is at the moment. It's it's wonderful since we've we first met, uh, which actually isn't that long ago. Um, it's literally been going to strength to strength, as you say, and and particularly with the children's response to the book and teachers and parents, professionals, uh, it's going really well. So, give us the background. Tell us more. The background to the story is we have a young girl called Hattie. She's nine years old and she moves house. And in the back of her house, she has a secret rose bush in which you have a group of culturally diverse talking animals in the, the rose bush back there. And she actually becomes their halo queen and she's responsible for reuniting these animals who've been displaced or misplaced from family members using the magical halo. And a, and a fantastic story, and one that reflects the multicultural environment that we're in, and particularly with the likes of what's happening in Ukraine as well at the moment, it sort of gives you a, a message and a flavour of, of everyone coming together and, and, and working for the same cause. 
Absolutely. And and just on the on the note on Ukraine, I received a message from a parent yesterday um, who said that her father is actually a part of the British Army Reserve and likely to have to go to Ukraine. And, and she's very worried, her child's very worried about all the war in Ukraine. And she's actually using my book as a form of escape um, to, to actually get through this really difficult time. So it was lovely to receive that message from a parent yesterday. Absolutely. And... You've been getting plaudits to cross the media as well, and rightly so. And so when we first met up, and just the quality of what you've got there as a product, I mean, it, it has taken a good while to get this here, hasn't it? It's taken 10 years, absolutely, Jason. Yeah, it's taken 10 years to get to this point. And, and the reason being is that at the point I was writing, I was in the midst of studying for a master's. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, I graduated and got into work and, and had to just continue with that. So it was an on and off process. But during that process, I actually left work a couple of times for a period of three months and six months in an effort to really finish it. But I just I just couldn't get it done. Uh, so I'm really happy I've, I've got to a place where it's finished now and children and are enjoying the book. And who's behind the artwork? Because that's amazing. Yes, so I found a wonderful illustrator um, on Facebook and she's brought my ideas to life. So the, the outfit that um, Hattie's wearing, that's all my idea. Everything is my idea. And she's literally brought what was in my head outwards and she's produced a wonderful quality. So that is really, really nice that um, she's been able to do that. And we've worked quite closely together uh, to bring this book to fruition and bring the book cover to life. Well, I would say it is absolutely fantastic, looking brilliant. And I think the, the, what also goes along with it, I mean, at, at the Festive Gift Fair, you're doing activity packs as well. And obviously that activity will vary depending on, what, on where we are in the cycle, but it's all just more and more of a, a fantastic Hattie. Absolutely, yeah. So we've got, uh, this year we'll be doing a range of uh, merchandise. Um, we'll be having uh, more journals. We've already got a journal in place, which we were doing for the um, the hampers that we had at Christmas. Um, we'll also be doing book bags. Um, so children will have bags and mugs and t-shirts and all that sort of good stuff. Um, but what was really interesting um, was for World Book Day. I've actually had, I've only had one photo received, but I've actually had three children I'm aware of that dressed up as Hattie for World Book Day on the 3rd of March, which was really exciting. Yeah, and, and that's the start of these things. And often things start slowly, and then word of mouth will be what makes this work. I mean, J.K. Rowling started out somewhere, as did all, all, yeah, the, all the other great authors that we, we know too. So this is just the beginning, and you're already seeing some great interaction. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm very aware that it will take time to build, but I, I believe I've achieved a hell of a lot in, in really less than a, a year. We've sold 250 books uh, that self-published um, and the statistics out there suggest that in a self-published uh, author's lifetime, they only sell 250 books. So to achieve that in, in under a year, we know every single one of our, our customers, all of our children, I'll get children Instagramming me, telling me how much they're enjoying the book. So we have personal relationships with, with everyone. Um, and that's something that we wanna do uh, moving forward and continue to do that. This is gonna grow. We've gotta get more of the word out there because as soon as yes. someone reads Halo Hattie, they want more which means we need to talk about what else is coming. But yes, give us all the details where we are on the socials for what you have at the moment. Yes. So on socials, I'm at Halo Hattie Author on Instagram. And that is my main port of call. That's where I put all my information out, what I'm doing, where I've been. Um, recently, I've been to school visits. So that's another place for me to, uh, for children to access Halo Hattie. So I, I went to school visit for World Book Day. And also I've been out for a careers day talking about uh, what it's like being a children's author. So that's another way people can get in contact with me if you're a professional working with children and want me to, to to complete a visit and also you can see me on Facebook um, I am LA Edwards on Facebook which is capital L A and E and of course the website most importantly halohattie.com and enjoy the magic of the story now we've got part one what's happening next what's happening next so we're right in the midst of recording um, I'm going to start that again What's happening next is we have got the Halo Hattie full cast celebrity audiobook. Not sure I told you about this when we met Jason, but this I have is, a this bunch is of new, this is, I'm excited about this. 
<laughs> yeah, so I have a, a list of celebrities who've agreed to step into Halo Hattie's world and voice some of these characters. Um, so we've got Shabs Kareem, who's a comedian. We've got John Simmett, who's got lots of children's TV experience, a legend uh, in the game. Uh, we also have Ramal London, who's a Capital One Extra uh, DJ. So we have a list of, of people actors, voice actors, including Europe and the US as well, who have brought all of these over 30 characters to life. So that's what's next for Halo Hattie. And of course, followed by book two. Well, we're looking forward to all that. Give us the website again so people can get more on the world of Halo Hattie. Sure. The, the website is halohattie.com. Well, Ella Edwards, thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to even more from this magical world in the not too distant future. Thank you very much, Jason. Thanks for having me. Saturday the 19th of March sees the return of the Marsh Plant Sale. To tell me more, Anthony Hall. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you, mate? I'm all right. You trust you're keeping well? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Ready to go. Can't wait. That's the way you like it. Now, obviously, a massive success last year. Took a break over the winter and spring has officially sprung. So uh, you are back with an amazing array of plants and making money for charity too. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're actually planning to come back, obviously, bigger and better this year. It was a great success last year. Um, it's all about obviously raising funds for stroke patients within Wolverhampton. Um, but when we actually started last year, as time went on, we noticed that it was actually doing a lot more. Um, you know, it was bringing people together. Um, it was just great for the old community um, and hearing lots of other stories as well from other people that was coming along. Absolutely. I mean, and plants are not only good for the environment, uh, they're good to either have around the home or to look at in your garden. Gardens have been a massively important thing for people over the last two years. And I think they're going to keep that up. It is going to be a space where they can sit down and enjoy the, uh, the greenery, but also as they doing good at the same time. And with the, you know, once the costs are taken out, uh, you, you, the, uh, the, the rest of that cash goes to uh, looking after stroke patients in Wolverhampton. Well, that's right. You know, we've, we've been honest with people from day one. We do have collection buckets um, on our drive uh, for stroke patients. Uh, the money we make from the plants goes straight back into plants uh, so we can continue building the amount of stock that we have. We're also continue doing the plant sale every single week um, and providing a great service for everybody. You know, we might be small. Uh, our little motto is might be small, but we have it all. <laughs> and, and, and growing at the same time, which is what counts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, as well, talking about growing, my dad's been very busy, actually. Um, obviously, he's wheelchair-bound, um, but he has been planting a lot of seeds and planting a lot of bulbs, etc., ready for the opening. So, so it's going to be a big one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do, we do grow a lot of stuff as well as bring in stuff as well. So, you know, it keeps my dad busy and keeps his mind going, bless him. Absolutely, I say, a very much a family affair, and so it's, it's a community event, and, and again, something's going to be working really well. So, explain to people when it's on and, and what sort of thing they can expect to see down there. Oh wow, okay. So we open back up um, very excitingly, as you can see. Uh, we open back up on the nineteenth of March, which is next Saturday. Uh, we open eleven a.m. till four p.m. Uh, we're open on the Sunday as well, so we do Saturday and Sunday every weekend. Um, we have everything, you know, we have house plants, we have gardening plants. We're also actually running, if you don't mind me mentioning, uh, we're also running a little competition uh, on our Facebook page, uh, which is obviously Marshall Lane Plant Sale. Um, and I've got one here, actually. We're actually giving away 20 of these little boxes trees. Now, these little trees can be shaped into any shape. You know, you usually see them at garden centres, 150, 200 pounds. They're shaped in a, a peacock. <laughs> or uh, a big ball or something like that. Mm. Um, but the idea is, he, he, again, involving the community, they grow it and they shape it to the way they want. So all they need to do is click on Marshall Lane Plan Sale, get sharing, get liking. We're giving away one of these to 20 lucky winners. So we're giving away 20 of these boxes trees, Jason. Okay. Um, and the winners will be announced on the Saturday and the Sunday uh, this coming weekend. So make sure you're there for that one. And, of course, you'll be noting it on the Facebook page too. And they say it, it's a chance to come down, have a bit of a chat, and I, I'm going to nip in on my way to work on Saturday afternoon. So hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a few people down there. OK, if you bring me camcorder as well, we can fill a few bits so we can share it with people too. Yeah, no, that'll be amazing. Um, I think actually looking, I have mentioned it on the Facebook page, and there's a lot of people that are actually looking forward to meeting you, Jason. 
That's of a, sounds intriguing. I wouldn't have gone that far, to be honest with you, but it would be good to be able to get a few people on the radio and they can tell us their story on how they're going to use the plants once they've got them in their gardens. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So that's going to be fun. Right, OK, so we need to know, Marsh Lane, we know that bit already. What is the postcode? OK, so it's Marsh Lane uh, in four doses, Wolverhampton, WV10. 6RX. We're right opposite the school. You can't miss us. We've got a massive big board at the front, massive big banner, and obviously the drive is actually transformed into a, a garden centre, basically. Yeah. And I say, it's, it's charity, it's not for profit, and it is a bit of fun. That's right. Um, I don't know if you know much about it, um, but it was my dad who actually had the stroke um, mm. back in 2019. Um, he was a market trader. He was a man of many talents, also a roofer, builder. Unfortunately, with a flick of a switch, his, basically his life was taking off him. So the whole idea of the plant sale was to kind of give him back some kind of normality, but at the same time providing a great service for a lot of other people. Um, and since we've been doing the plant sale, you know, throughout last year, we, we noticed a massive difference with my dad. Just to sit outside in the summertime, enjoying the, getting his suntan, um, and just mixing with those people, and we just seen a massive difference, you know, mentally. It, it really helped him. And say, so there's going to be a wide variety of plants down there, and there's going to be different things throughout the year as well. It's not something you come to once. You're coming for the social. You're coming to see what different plants are available too. That's right. We, we you know, we follow the season. Uh, so when we open, obviously, we'll have lots of plants ready for the spring. Uh, we're also getting very, very close now to all our summer bedding, which was a great success last year. You know, things like your fuchsias, your geraniums, your lobelia, sathenias, petunias, you know, you name it. And also what we're also looking um, very excited for, because obviously this year is, is we're opening earlier than what we did last year, is uh, a week of Sunday is Mothering Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will start up uh, next weekend with, you know, a choice of Mother's Day gifts. Uh, you know, we'll have our bouquets, we'll have our bunch flowers, we'll also have pot plants as well um and then obviously the mothering sunday weekend we'll have a lot more so you know there's something literally something for everybody yeah make sure you're there on the saturday before mothering sunday get your gifts and then share it sunday morning and then bring it back and buy some more <laughs> that's the idea that's that'll the idea you. that'll do the job okay right we're looking at that give us all those details again on the socials and everything too please okay so yeah um you know where we are it's marsh lane plan sale marsh lane four days it's wolverhampton wv10 6rx right opposite the school and you can find us on facebook just simply search marsh lane plant sale like and share our page and don't forget we're also running that competition where we're giving away 20 of these beautiful little boxes trees um to some lucky winners so yeah get involved come and see us i think you could be sculpting the thing into another an amazing uh, feature in your garden yeah, well, maybe we could run another competition, actually, Jason. You just give me an idea of, you know, the best sculptured plant, maybe, in the future. That will come. Now, it needs a good couple of seasons growing to get it there, but it'll be absolutely brilliant <laughs> if you can. Anthony Hall from the Marsh Lane Plant Sale, thank you for joining us and see you on Saturday. Thank you so much. See you Saturday, Jason. Daniel Kay is a poet. He gets involved in a bit of football and also he seems to like the world of podcasting too. And he joins me now to tell me more about his work. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. Thanks for inviting me. No problem at all. Good to talk to you. So give us a little bit of a background uh, about you to start off with because uh, poets, poetry and football, that doesn't necessarily always get together, does it? No, it doesn't. I've been playing football since 2007 and I've always been interested in writing. But I started writing in 2017 when I stopped drinking. <laughs> it was one or the other. It had to be either the writing or the drinking. Yeah, man. The two don't mix. <laughs> right. So uh, one thing that we need to add in as well is you uh, have cerebral palsy. Uh, this, of course, doesn't stop you doing what you want to do, which is exactly how it should be. And uh, it certainly doesn't stop you writing or being entertaining or basically just causing as much trouble as you feel like. That's right. I've been lucky. I've never been treated any different. So I've always done the usual things. When it comes down to the usual things, I mean, football, uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but I think you may be a little bit past the normal professional playing age of that sport where they run around on two legs. As you get to do it on wheels, uh, you get to, uh, I suppose, play to be 
a little more senior in years. I'm 30, but I look older. But you're right. We don't need the physical fitness of able-bodied football, just the one to play. And you've played for a couple of local teams. Villa are your current uh, side, so we won't talk too much about that bit. But uh, you... Uh, Obviously, the poetry is your thing. And uh, uh, do you get tempted to write for uh, for birthday cards or are you you're more a telling a story kind of guy? I did play for Albion, but I moved to Villa. I've never thought of that. I just write, but mine are a bit too long for birthday cards. OK, so you've said you'll share two poems with us uh, today. So the first of which, tell us a bit about it, then take it away. This poem is called I Will Not Apologize. And it's about not apologizing for being disabled. I will not apologize. I will not apologize for being who I truly am. I will not apologize for being different than the rest. I will not apologize because you don't understand me, my needs, my reality. My disability should not alienate me. My disability should not beg for charity, sympathy, or pity. My disability should be understood. My disability should be informed on, should be normalized, should be correctly represented and truly considered. My disability should not be something I apologize for. Although I should not be treated any different than the rest, you should understand my need for certain requests. I will not apologize for needing ramps, for needing lifts, for needing parking spaces, for sometimes needing help. These are among the things I need, and I will not apologize for it. I wish more people understood me. I wish more people could erase all the stereotypes which come with being disabled. I wish media would normalize disability, yet in a way which truly depicts it through people who share this experience, who know, understand, and live with this, which accompanies me every day. Thank you. Thank you. And, I mean, I, I will say at this point, for this interview, we're recording this, and... We had talked about me sending you the questions first, and that's not how I do interviews. I want to do it as normal. And um, this is just a standard interview. So uh, I think that the, the phrase they use on TV is the sequence is shortened uh, for, for your viewing pleasure. So we are taking the bits out where you're typing answers as we go along. But that does mean I'm asking things like you know, when, it, when it comes to, to sharing that and talking about your disability uh, and the fact that you've got uh, your electronic friend to help you out there. I mean, it, it, it is interesting the way people react to you, isn't it? And they, it's not sometimes they, they just don't see the intelligence that sits behind the the the, the way you you yeah, you present because things are different for you. And I, I don't like the word disability. Uh, everybody's got I mean, I, I can't write poetry. I've said this before. My disability is I can't write poetry. So yeah, it, it's not one thing or the other. And it, it's important we don't define people like that. The word ability is in disability. I always say just because I'm in a wheelchair, it doesn't mean I can't do what anyone else can. It just might take me a bit longer. I wouldn't want to race you up a hill. I think you'll beat me up a hill. <laughs> so we've got one poem in the bag. Uh, is there a book of poems out there? Is the publishing that uh, you've uh, you've put together? How, where, where do we find your work before we hear another of your examples of uh, your poetry? Yes, there's a couple of books actually. I did a collection called A View from a Wheelchair, which was my first collection. You can get that through me or Amazon. I did a Christmas anthology, raising money for Birmingham Dog's Home, that was with other poets writing as well. It's called Poetry is for Life, not just for Christmas. <laughs> you can get that through Amazon or Dream Well Writing. And I've got another anthology coming out in the summer. Similar concept to the second one. Okay, so we'll look out for, for that. We'll be looking out for the name Daniel Kay. Uh, to reassure and remind people why they want to be doing that, let's take a second poem from you. What we got? This one is called Frank Skinner Told Me Good Morning, and it's about having a quiet place or peace. For me, it's a park or a field. And for some reason, people really like it. Frank Skinner told me good morning in the park. We drank tea and listened to no one but us and the parched branches crackling under ripples of ice, frozen like peeled to part licorice. He introduces me to other writers, surrounding me in this empty, peaceful park, like a movable feast, only with fewer cigarettes and more time to throw stones into the pond. Frank speaks to Rita Dove. They talk over microphones about how small we are, 
How little we know, I can't tell if that comforts or frightens me. I button my coat up, fingertips redden and begging to nestle themselves in warm mittens. That's all I hear. The pinch of winter's love bite. I'd like to peel my mind back as Dove does an orange. The park makes that serendipitous, allows me to assume that this moment of blank canvas was fate working its way to deliver me self-discoveries on a silver platter. It's like they were trapped in these gray streets and these gray factories. Frank and his co-workers reach for nature, as I do on this metal bench, and the grass jokes back. Softer, 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 than worn down pencils and flowers trapped in bookcases. These days are softer than that. Thank you. Once again, excellent work. And uh, I think it's a, 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 a tale there talking again about writing, exploring part of your world. And did you really meet Frank Skinner in a park? I actually changed a line, it said. His poetry podcast introduces me. Then another poet suggested a change to. He introduces me to keep the listener guessing. So, <laughs> no, I haven't actually met him. Just don't tell anyone that. Okay, that's our, that's our secret. We won't say a word. That's fine. But uh, you never know. That, at some point, he may pick up on the poem and might pop around for tea. It could happen. And as you used to pay for the baggies as well, I'm sure he'll uh, probably find uh, some time to talk to you about your time flying for them. So that'd be quite amusing. So uh, we've heard some poetry. We've got a general idea of what's going on. We know there's a new book on the way. There are two out there. Daniel K is the name that we're looking for. Uh, I'm going to guess you've got a website or Facebook page pages. Where are you on the socials? On Facebook, I'm either Daniel K or DK4 Poetry. On Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, I'm DK4 Poetry. My website is www.dk4thankspoetry.com. So we can find you. We can enjoy the work. And if ever I get a birthday card, which is about 53 pages long, we'll know you've started work for Clinton's. Daniel Kate, thank you for joining me, and uh, I look forward to seeing more of your work in the not-too-distant future. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks so much for having me on. With a brand new year in the bodybuilding calendar ahead of him and plenty of PT work to keep him busy, I'm joined now by Josh Bell. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I trust you find you well. Living the dream, mate. Living the dream. That's <laughs> the way we like it. Now, uh, obviously, you were doing all sorts of PT work around Wolverhampton and beyond and looking after a lot of clients. But also, you've been looking after yourself as well, haven't you, over recent weeks and months? And you're preparing yourself for a, a busy time over the summer of 2022. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to compete um, in August and then potentially another one after that, if that goes well. But we'll We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so when, how does it differ, the sort of PT you do, to what you're putting yourself through to get yourself ready for yeah, these sort of shows? So I do have a few um, clients that are wanting to be competitive and stuff. So like they'll, they'll go through the same sort of stuff as me, but they just wouldn't go as low with the diet in terms of um, like pushing like the food really low and stuff towards like getting your low body fat percentage. And stuff. A lot of people just want to get in shape for a holiday, want to look good for the summer, want to look good in clothes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, what uh, what sort of stuff do you do you do then? Hey, you talked about the, the, the diet and things. Now, you've got to plan this carefully, otherwise you can do yourself some damage. Uh, so, I have a coach. So, like that, I'm a coach, but I have someone who looks after my diet, my training, supplements, and stuff like that. So he knows in theory more than me. So he knows how to keep me healthy and stuff like that, and then I can learn off him implement that to my clients as well so basically though it's good to have uh, someone else looking at you so you're not you, you're focused on what you want to do but you're not yeah, overdoing yeah. it because you you, you it's you so uh... yeah 100 percent. like i in previous years where i've done it myself sort of thing um you always think you can be doing a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more you just run yourself into the ground so i've got someone it's just one less thing I have to worry about now. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you work then with, with clients at the moment as well? I take it you're back to working with them in gyms? Um, I'm limited in gyms now. I only do a few hours of like in-person PT a week. Like, and then the rest is like online sort of thing. So like I'd set them up a program, set them up a diet. I've got like, I do it all through like a JB performance app sort of thing. I've got it on the app store and that. And then um, each week they'd 
come to me and we change the diet and make sure they keep progressing. Okay, so that's, that's an interesting and different way of doing it. I suppose it also allows them to keep track in the app of what they've done. Yeah, yeah, everything's like tracked through the app. You can track weights. Um, there's like habit trackers, so you can tra track your steps and that, so I can keep an eye on everything. Like Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're watching them, whatever happens. And I suppose that's an extension of the, you know, you, normally you might spend an hour, an hour and a half with a PT in the gym. This means you've actually yeah. got your PT watching you the whole time and can sort of point you in different directions on the bits of your life that aren't going right, which are then hampering gym progress. That's it. So like a lot of people will struggle with like the diet or finding the time to do the diet sort of thing. So like I'll do like an initial like sort of form with them sort of thing. Like they'll fill out a form. It'll give me all the information I need to create their diet plan around their lifestyle. Like it's all all tailored to what they're doing, like how many times a week they're training, what they're eating, when they're eating, that sort of thing. And when it comes down to, to what you're doing for yourself here, what stage are you at at the minute? Uh, I'm just putting, trying to push a little bit higher on the scales now, so like a last little push up. So is that increasing so your body fat at the moment, so you've got something to burn off as fuel? Not so much body fat, trying to push muscle on without body fat, but right. um, obviously when you're eating a lot of food, like four and a half K calories, a little bit of fat will come on, but I'm... I'm one of those people everyone hates, to be fair. Like, I can just eat and eat and eat and my abs don't go, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you're also posting your progress online, and I suppose that's inspiration to the people that you're then working with as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do I'm a firm believer in, like, it doesn't make you a good PT if you're in good shape, but it, it helps if you can walk, prove to your clients or prove to your, the people that you're putting content out for, that you can walk the walk sort of thing and you do put a lot, an awful lot of free content out on your uh, your instagram feed too i do yeah yeah um yeah just good fun in it <laughs> <laughs> but it's all part of enjoying what you're doing and uh yeah, when will you know you know what, what competitions you're running this year and how that how that that's going to work because uh, i mean you, you you are bulked up and in the time that i've known you which is about four years now you've got an awful lot bigger than you were <laughs> been eating mate i've been eating <laughs> um we're probably shooting for it depends on the federation so like mid mid august and then like if we do well in that one it'll be the one after like another one after that like a few weeks after like a, a british or a pro qualifier or something and are there different age categories or how, how does it work in the structure oh so it'd just be i'm tall so it's been men's physique. i do men's physique so it's like board shorts so you the, the top of your legs are covered and it's i'm a little teapot posing then isn't it <laughs> and then um um, but it's, it'd be men's physique tall, so like I'm in, in with the big boys now, no juniors. <laughs> and and, so, and that's how they, they, these things work, which means you've got a lot of work to do to get yourself recognised there. But what can come from that as well? So like, if you do well uh, in the the first show, obviously you win the show, and then you get the invite to do like a pro qualifier or the. I think if you win your regional, you get an, might get an invite to the Arnold's or something, or or a British or something like that. So again, uh, opportunities, and again, it, it, it all really works well with the with the PT work that you're doing, and gives you a chance to extend your uh, your, your client base. Again, not only to people who just want day to day health and fitness, and, and just to get that bit of motivation to get themselves in the right shape, but also those who want to take it a bit further and get into a, you know, a, a big physical shape. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So like last time I did it, um, I just launched the online, and then I went straight into like a show prep, and I think that helped. Like I, I could do the coaching without the bodybuilding, but they kind of go hand in hand because people buy into the journey, don't they? Like if I was to do a YouTube series, people would kind of buy into it and see what want to see what I'm doing, want to see what I'm eating, want to see what I'm training, stuff like that. Uh, but you, you're also approachable and we'll, we'll chat with people, often ask you for questions and seeing what else there's there, uh, there to help with. 100%, yeah. I try and run like Q&As on my uh, story quite often on my Instagram so people could just ask and... I'll give them a, as good of a good answer as I can. <laughs> so how do people get in touch? Where can I find you? And give us all those details for the socials. At Josh Bell 12 is my Instagram. Josh Bell on Facebook. I do have a free fat loss group on Facebook at the moment. So I'm going to be putting some free sort of fat loss content going into there. YouTube is Josh Bell Nutrition. And you mentioned the app as well. Is that something that's open to people to be able to download and then they can then contact you to get PT training? Um, so you can download the app off the app store, but you have to have like a login. So like you have to be like one of my clients to log into it. I have got something coming on there called The Vault though. So like I'm going to be putting some more sort of 
in detailed, longer videos for people that have got the that are that interested, where there might be some sort of um, like subscription to the app sort of thing. So that's something to look out for in the coming weeks and months. So check all that. Mostly go look for them on Instagram as a starting point. You'll be able to get all the rest of the details there. Josh Bell 12. And uh, you can uh, start to see your journey through 2022. That's it. <laughs> see what I look like doing my little teapot poses. <laughs> uh, you love it. You absolutely love it. Come on, admit it. <laughs> I do, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> Any opportunity to pose anywhere, any mirror, car mirror, anywhere. <laughs> Either <laughs> way, yeah, and, and that, that is true. That is sadly very true. But there we go. Josh, <laughs> always good to speak to you. Mate. Thank you for joining us, and have a great time as you head through the year. And keep me posted on how you get on. Will do, mate. With the Osmonds at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 15th through the 19th of March, you've not only got the magical music of the brothers, but also their sister Marie gets involved too. Georgie Lennon is playing her and joins me now for a chat. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I hope I find you well. Yes, I'm all good. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, uh, having a great time out on the road and it must be both fun and madness, the amount of uh, wonderful music that's in this show. It's absolutely crazy, but I'm having the best time. Um, it makes it so much easier when you've got a wonderful cast and company working with you and we're just having the best time visiting everywhere and we can't wait to get to our next venue. Well, it is going to be a, an amazing show and uh, uh, you've, you've got the whole story of the Osmonds and this is something that started back in the 60s. Uh, Marie got involved when there was a, 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 the, the work which she did with Donny and the TV show that went alongside that and telling this story, it must be really good fun being able to get behind the characters and, and show not only the family love but also the stresses that go along the sort of thing they've been doing. It is. It's been such an interesting story to um, look at, research and obviously perform. And as we were going, there were so many things that we stumbled across that we didn't even know anything about mm -hmm. that are in the musical. Um, and Marie is involved from an, quite an early age in, in the show. She first appears when they're sort of uh, devising and starting to find their sound of Lazy River. And that's when you first see her appear. And then you see this growth throughout the show through Paper Roses, which she released when she was 13, which I just find absolutely crazy. And then we get into all the Donnie and Marie stuff through into this massive progression of everyone. And everyone who comes to see the show too also says, oh my goodness, I didn't know that about the family or I didn't know that about the Osmonds. And I think that's what's so, the, the beauty of this show really is that, um, there's so many hidden things that if you come and watch it, it you discover all these new things about the Osmonds. Mm -hmm. Now, you're only recently graduated from uh, uh, your, your courses yourself. And uh, th is this your first big national tour? Yes, this is the first tour I've ever done. So this is a brand new thing for me. Um, and I was doing an interview the other day and they were saying, if you uh, if you've toured before, what is the one thing you can't live without on tour? And I was like, well, I'm still learning all of that because this is this is the first time I've ever done that. So I'm still <laughs> kind of learning the ropes. And there's quite a few of us that it, this is our first tour. And I think that's what, what makes it even more fun mm -hmm. is that we we don't know what we're dealing with from week to week. And it's I'm, I'm loving discovering this sort of new element to theatre. And mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying hitting each venue because each venue is so different. And I love that. Well, yeah, and, and particularly for the fact that you're playing the Osmonds, for whom you're going through the same sort of experience as they yeah, do at the ages right, you're portraying definitely. them. So it really works well, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it sort of mimics what they did when they were younger. And I think that makes it even more special and even more real for us, I think. Mm -hmm. Now, because, I mean, you've performed you know, throughout your life as well. So I think, again, you, you've got that whole Marie experience. Uh, you were doing some brilliant stuff. And uh, when you were, what, back in 2011? So you were very young then when you were doing some CBBC stuff. Yes. Uh -huh. So I was on Horrible Histories when I was... Um, when I was younger and we actually had that video up amongst us uh, in the cast the other day we were all sat laughing at it um so I, it's always been performing has always been something that I've known since being really young that that's what I wanted to do and apparently I turned to my mum I went to see Sound of Music at the Palladium when I was really young and all the kids marched out onto stage and I turned to my mum and I was like that's what I want to do when I'm older <laughs> so I've always kind of known that that's ultimately what I want to be doing and I can't tell you how amazing it is that I get to do this every day as my job and have you got a favorite song that uh, the boys perform and also one that you perform in the show 
Um, my favourite one that the boys perform, I think, is Lazy River. That mm. is my favourite Osmond song. I just think you can't resist dancing along to to that. And um, it's just one of those really good, feel-good songs. Um, and then the song that I sing that I enjoy the most, I think I would have to go with Paper Roses, you know. Mm. Either that or um, Leaving It All Up To You with Donny. I love that one. I love that, but I think it'd be Paper Roses and I love the way that it's set up in the show. It's really, it's a really great moment mm -hmm. and it's just so nice to sing. It's such a good song. Yeah, but, but they're all great songs in this they show. Are. I think, I think that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, you, you can't yeah. move for amazing music. And that just shows the career of the family that you're telling the tale of too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah no, definitely. But throughout the show, as we were sort of learning the music, every new song that got added, we were like, oh, this one as well. Like this one's so good. And it's ranges from everything. So you've got the ballads, which are just so beautiful, like Raining, um, Let Me In, which are just such classics, all the way through to their more upbeat stuff, which is obviously like Lazy River, Crazy Horses. Every single one of them is just such a good song. Mm -hmm. Now, we, say, we, we said you're all out on tour and uh, you say you, you've been asked a question on what would you miss most on tour. What have you enjoyed most? And uh, do you get a chance to explore some of the, the cities you're going to? It's totally dependent on our schedule because some venues we do eight shows a week and that leaves us a little bit less time than some venues where we do seven. Um, but I've found that I've been able to explore each venue a little bit so far. So I've had a little bit of time to sort of head out and do my own thing. And I just love that each week, you don't know what you're going to get in each city <laughs> that we arrive in. You never know until you get there. And we're in Cheltenham this week and we, me and one of the cast were walking along the street yesterday. And I was like, oh, and there's that, and there's that, and there's that. And you get that every venue you go to. You're like, oh, there's that down the road. and working out where everything is and then what things you can go and see as well and I love that I I've always been such such an explorer and I that's the beauty of tour as well that you you see so many new places that like, I love going on holiday but you never explore the UK as much as you get to when you're on tour we go <laughs> everywhere so it's amazing well, you've got seven shows in Wolverhampton, so fingers crossed you'll get a chance to have a little look oh, around an the city. Got an a little bit of time there. That's the way to do it. <laughs> okay, so uh, we, we we know that the, 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 the sound's good. We know that uh, it's going to be telling an amazing story. How do you enjoy the look? Because uh, some of the clothes, again, they're, they're, I know the boys have got some scary outfits because they they're, they're, <laughs> they're all synchronised. You've got their colour theme that lets you know who's who as you head through it. How does it work for your, your look on stage? Do you know what? I absolutely love what I wear. And there's so many items of clothing that I wear that I've already got my eye on. That I'm like, <laughs> at the end of the show, I'm like, I want to keep that. <laughs> and there's a pair of jeans that honestly, if they were my jeans, I'd have them on every single day. They fit me like a glove. They're vintage and they're so cool. Um, but there's so many different outfits that I wear that I love. I In Country Boy, which is in the second act, I wear this beautiful um, country dress that is really fitted and then it flares at the at the bottom. And everyone says that I look like Mary Poppins when I wear that dress and I really kind of love that. And I just <laughs> love sort of flitting about in it. And then I have sort of my It Takes Two costume, which is completely fringed and so glittery. And the costumes are just beautiful. And I have a great wardrobe, I'd say, for this show. But that's oh, a big not... part of this show, though. It's huge, yeah. isn't it? Uh -huh. the, the aesthetic of the show is just as important as the songs, the music, the acting itself. It's all those things that, are, when they're amalgamated, that really sort of give you that overall Osmond's experience. Mm -hmm. And they have nailed it. The costumes are just stunning. And have you found it working with Jay Osmond? I know the lads have uh, really drawn on the bits they needed to from the story because they were playing him and his brothers. But yes. has it been the same for, for you with Playmarie? Definitely. And we've all had throughout the rehearsal process, we all had our own individual time with Jay to sit down and ask him any questions we wanted about our character, about the, the other characters surrounding us. And I think there's, it's, there's something so invaluable about this experience that we've had with Jay in the room and even on tour with us now, that we are constantly finding new things out about our character. And I think especially when you're playing someone who is still alive now, like a real person, it's you feel quite a lot of pressure to to get it right and mm -hmm. obviously the fans are expecting you to be this person so I think it's so special that we've been able to work with the man himself on on all of these characters and who better to work with than the person who knows them inside out mm -hmm. so I've been able to find out things about Marie that 
you wouldn't be able to find out unless you asked him directly. I would not know my specific relationship with each single one of the brothers, with my mother, with my father. And we've been able to sit down and, and work through all of that and really hone in on who Marie actually is. And I think that's just so interesting. And I've loved hearing all of Jay's stories. There's some really great stories and some really some real special moments that you sit there and you're just like, I can't believe that this is and was your life. <laughs> and you've worked out your onstage relationship with the brothers. Does that mirror your real life relationship with the boys behind the roles? You know what? We've been asked this so many times in interviews and they say, how do you, the family are known to be such a close family. How have you managed to to hit that and represent that on stage and have you worked on it a lot and we all honest we all say honestly it's something that we've never specifically worked on it's just something that happened from day one we're all so close we get on so well and it's something that just developed and and blossomed so naturally and I think you can't beat that and you can't you can't fake something that isn't there. And that is the real beauty of this cast is we're all so close. Everyone is such a wonderful person. And I, I'm an only child. And I honestly feel like I've inherited a million siblings that I never had before. <laughs> and it's just so beautiful. And I know that I can trust any single one of them with my life. And they're just a joy to be around every single day. I can't wait to come into the theatre just to see everyone and say hi and catch up with everyone and I love that and part of that is bringing this amazing show to the stage it yeah. is Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre the 15th through to the 19th of March one family 100 million records is the strap line it is the Osmonds it is a new musical and it is well worth a look 01902 429212 is a box office number grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets limited availability on the Saturday matinee already and we need to uh, make sure that you get in there fast uh, to get the seats that you're looking for for what will be a truly awesome show Georgia Lennon, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. That's it all for this week. Fingers crossed I got rid of this weird cold thing which is making it difficult for me to talk by the time we're back for episode 665, which will be next week. I'll see you then. Throw off an hour. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.